Hello and welcome to Power Sessions with Natasha, where we build our confidence, empower each other and have real conversations. Today we're talking about domestic violence. I will need to put a disclaimer on this episode for everyone because the information and material that we will be discussing today may be distressing for some people and um, I will be putting up the links as to where you may find help if you are experiencing anything that we will be discussing and if you are in immediate danger please call the police on 999. So today our guest is Jackie. Jackie is an amazing, amazing, amazing person that I know. She's been um, an advocate for domestic violence for over 40 years. Um, Very, very rich background in this subject. So we have an expert's advice on today's episode. And hi, Jackie, how are you? I'm fine, Natasha. Thank you. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate this. We all appreciate this because right now, um, domestic violence, as everyone is in lockdown and in isolation, um, it has risen. The, it, it, the, you know, the numbers have risen. And I just wanted to be able to even help if we could help a few people, mm. you know, Put a bit of insight out there, you know, as to what people can do and what what is going on right now. So, um, just for us to get into it, could you just tell us a little bit of background about yourself, like how you got into um into this voluntary work? Yes, absolutely. Um, nearly forty years ago, I was in a position where I needed help from Women's Aid, and I managed to find my local refuge. And a very kind lady allowed me to share her room, um, which was very, obviously it wouldn't be happening today, but I had a choice to either stay where I was um, at 36 weeks pregnant um, in, in a pretty bad way or go and share a room. And I did. And those people in refuge looked after me from the moment I got there. They paid my taxi fare. They did everything that I needed because I literally turned up with nothing. Um. Mm. Yes. So years later, um, I saw an advert and they were asking for volunteers to man the telephones um, for people who were in the same position that I was in. So I started volunteering um, for Women's Aid. Um, And from there, I was studying to be a counsellor. In the five and a half years that I studied to counsel, I had to do a minimum of 100 hours of placement. Wow. And so I chose my 100 hours to be in a refuge. I'd had experience of supporting people in refuge, but it's completely different when you counsel them. And I counseled some of the most vulnerable people that anybody could possibly imagine. I can just imagine. imagine. I, I saw everything from financial abuse right the way up to familial sexual abuse. Wow. Yes, yes. It was it was very telling, very telling indeed. 
Um, and from there, I went actually to work in refuge um, as a support worker. Um, I then um, went out into the community as well once I'd studied and graduated as an independent domestic violence advisor. Now, being an IDVA um, put me at the top of the tree, as I say, in terms of the most vulnerable families here in the UK. Of course, yes. Yes, moving to refugees because they'd been found, um, helping with uh, representing them with social services, amongst other things, um, including giving out food vouchers. So you can imagine mm. it's it's very, very varied. Very. It's very, very, very. It sounds very varied and, um, you know, a lot of your you're wanting to help um you know naturally is 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 amazing um and now you are an independent um advisor you run um your own charitable organization called sweet ways to stop abuse yeah um would you like to tell us about that as well yes of course um in 2014 um my dad begged me to give up frontline work as an IDVA um, because somebody had threatened my life and I knew that I couldn't give up altogether what I was doing and my dad had this idea that I could um, help prevent people getting in from domestic abuse in the first place by educating them. Right so the, the other side of it right. Yeah. Yes, so we had a long conversation about it. And there were two things that swung it for me. It was somebody um, threatening my life. And another was I'd taken a particularly vulnerable family nearly halfway across the country and actually met somebody that I'd met in a refuge somewhere else who said, hello, Jack, you don't remember me, do you? And I'm like, I'm really sorry, I meet lots and lots of people every single day, so, you know, mm. I apologise. And the person said to me, oh, I was in so-and-so with my mum and my brothers and sisters. And I thought, no, this is another generation. Wow. This is another generation doing exactly the same thing. Happened. So we're talking about learned behaviour. Yes. So those two things made me think yeah. about doing it. And my dad said, you know, um, one of the things he said, oh, I know that uh, lots of charities, they use sweet machines. And he said, and you wouldn't have to worry about wasted sweets because I would eat them if they don't get sold. Anyway, that year I lost my dad. Um, and was gifted some money. So with that money, I set up Sweet Ways to Stop Abuse. And one of the things that we do is um, counsel young adults in schools whose lives are affected by any type of abuse. Um, and 
that that is at no charge whatsoever to the student. So in so that it's respect, all free. It's all free to the student. Yes. Yeah. In that respect, what I do is the school um, pay me to do one day, and I give the rest of my time voluntarily. Amazing. Um, that's amazing. It's very powerful to to go into prevention. You know, at at an early age and an early stage um, is very powerful because you're now working with the mindset, aren't you? And absolutely, yes. Mm. And one of the other things that helps pay for what I do because there's a lot of admin involved. I can assure you. But one of the other things is the fact that um, I train other people in ways to prevent abuse. Um, I train teachers in how to use the correct language. I train teachers in how to spot those may, that may be in abusive relationships. I teach students about toxic and abusive relationships. And any profits that come from that continue to help pay for what I do. Amazing. That is amazing. Um, I understand that, um, you know, we are living in a situation at the moment where people are isolating, people are at home, and um, a lot of the figures have gone up. It's not only domestic violence, yeah. but, um, you know, online predators as well is included in this. And, Absolutely. I mean, if you, if you all go on Sweet Ways to Stop Abuse, um, it's sweetwaystostopabuse.org. Um, you know, Jackie has written articles, there's articles on the figures, and she's done articles and various many things to do with abuse. Um, I mean, I would love for you to just, um, you know, be able to help people that are listening, probably going through this whole isolation mm -hmm. thing, and they're living with an abuser. Um, mm -hmm. You know, any anything you'd like to, to import and, and say to help people? Mm, yeah, definitely. Some people are going to be in relationships where they don't actually realise that they're in a controlling relationship. Okay. So because we use the words domestic violence, I use the words when I train domestic abuse because it's not always violence. There's mm. other ways to control people. You can control right. um, what they wear, who they see who they speak to, what they eat, how much money they have. Right. You can control all of those things, and people don't realise that that is a form of abuse as well. Okay, There's verbal abuse. Being um, called uh, every single name under the sun that you could possibly think of on a daily basis is verbal abuse. Okay, then we have the thing, coercive abuse. Coercive abuse is where it is so, so subtle that people don't even realise that it's being done. But the coercion comes where people are persuaded to do things that they wouldn't normally do. And um, that's where we get so many children groomed because... They do not. They they think that these people love them. The same as somebody living in an abusive household will think, "Oh, it must be my fault." Particularly in this unprecedented time that we are living in. If anybody listening 
to this is being told, if you hadn't have answered me back, I wouldn't have slapped you, um, taken your money from you, sworn at you, or done anything else, okay? That is absolute rubbish. The only person responsible for abuse is those that perpetrate it. It's got nothing to do with the person that is being abused. And that is the mindset to have. So in the unprecedented times that we're in, yes, houses and flats and wherever people are living, they are going to be like pressure cookers. But that does not give anybody the right to abuse you in any way at all mm. nobody has the right to do that and there is help out there i know everybody's probably thinking how am i going to get how am i going to get help like you said at the very beginning of this natasha anybody that is in real danger ring 999 first they will come out tell them it is a domestic they will come out Okay, what they will do is they will speak to both parties separately. So you don't need to worry that that person is going to be giving you daggers across the room, telling you without actually saying anything, that if you say something, you're going to get it. Yeah. They will speak to you separately. And if they don't, then one, please ask them to, and two, please get in touch with me afterwards and I will make sure they have proper training. Okay, so if you call the police, then that is what will happen. There Great. are going to be times, sadly, um, when it is too late. Yes, that, that that is the thing. There's a cases right now where it is too late. Um, mm. you know, we've seen we've seen it on the news, we've seen it on the newspapers. Some cases it, it is already too late. Um mm. yeah. The first you know. few days there were nine deaths connected with domestic abuse. Nine. And those were the only ones that made the headlines, that made the it, newspapers. Yes. Yes. How many others did not make it? How many others are not being reported? You know, um, this is the thing. So just the, the, the nine that we saw, it could be completely more than that, you know. Yeah. Um, tip of the iceberg. It is. The tip it is. of the iceberg. And another thing that I would say to anybody listening is if you hear one of your neighbours screaming, help me, then please ring 999. It is so very, very important. Especially right that. now, especially right now where mm. everybody is at home and everybody, you know, we are all at home. We can all hear what's happening. And, you know, that person is, can be screaming, help me today. And if we don't get the help for the, for the person and say we, might, we, might, we need to mind our own business, we don't know where that can end up. You know, we don't know no. where that can lead to. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is why so much domestic abuse goes hidden. How many times has anybody listening to this 
read an article in a newspaper and the one thing that the press want to really focus on is the value of the house. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You could live in a million pound mansion. You could live in a high rise council flat. You are just as likely to be abused in either. It doesn't matter your background. DV and DA is very much like coronavirus. It doesn't mm. care who it picks on. Mm. Absolutely. Doesn't care at all who it picks on. And the other thing I'd like to appeal to people who are stuck in these types of relationships, if you are listening to this, please, please, please remember that it is not only you suffering if you have children. Because your children will grow up thinking that what they're seeing and what they're hearing is perfectly normal. I was once in refuge, walked down a corridor to introduce myself to my client. Um, door opened by a young chap, about six years old, who said, what do you want, fat slag? Wow. Yes. And turns out that what do you want fat flag was something heard day in, day out by that child. Wow. You know, it's a it's it's the environment. The environment um is is everything. It molds the mind, it molds how 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 the child behaves. Um mm. Wow, it's very powerful stuff. And and just to tell everybody, you know, you know, Jackie is not only saying that only women are going through this. You know, she's that that is not the whole thing here. Um, no. You know, we, we you know they, they they will be putting up links on um, on the men's advice line for male victims as well. Um, we will also be putting up for the national LGBT and domestic abuse helpline as well. Um, you know, the National Domestic Violence Helpline will be putting all that information um, after this podcast. So it's not only women we're talking about. Jackie covers every mm. genre and every gender, um, which which is what everybody, you know, everybody goes through, everybody of every gender goes through domestic abuse, you know. Mm. Um, I would... Um, ask you in terms of you know refugees and um right now the process in terms of if somebody is in isolation and you know are refugees taking people in as to any of your knowledge like what is the process right now the what i have been able to find out is that there are refugees that are open exactly how they are working at the moment depends on the area depends on people's health, et cetera, et cetera. But I am assured by both um, Women's Aid and Refuge um, and the police and social services that um, anybody that calls the police and needs to be housed somewhere else temporarily 
whether that be a refuge or wherever they find them to go, they will find them somewhere. Amazing. That's that's great because I'm sure some people are wondering um, whether there is, you know, anywhere we can go, if there's any help because of the because everything is on lockdown, you know, mentally everybody sees themselves on lockdown, can't go anywhere, can't move, mm-hmm. can't do anything. So it's great yeah. to have this information, you know, um, yeah. very, very helpful information. Um, I know uh, previously me and you, you know, before this, we've, we've talked about triggers and, and trauma, um, trauma, yeah. especially for people right now, it's, you know, not only about domestic abuse, people right now at home mm-hmm. will have traumas, past traumas. It could be mm-hmm. any type of traumas could actually come up right now because people are idle at home, have nothing else to think about, have nothing mm-hmm. else to do. Um, I would like for you to touch on that. Well, say for argument's sake, somebody's listening to this who has previously been in um, an abusive relationship and has now left that abusive relationship. They may now feel as though it's like going through that abuse again because they're being locked in, locked down, being told what to do. So, yeah, so there are people for who that is going to trigger. Um, What I'd say to those people with my counselling hat on is it is a perfectly natural response to trauma. Because what we're going through now is traumatic, okay? Because it's something that we've never been through before. One of the things that that happens is we revert to time. So things that kept us safe before, we will revert to. So it is natural to feel uncomfortable. It's natural to know not what is not going to what is or is not going to happen next. The one thing that I will say is go with it there's no right or wrong to it it's a natural curve the other really important thing to remember is that there could be triggers particularly for people who have contentious issues with regards to child contact because some people um that I've dealt with just recently have been in a position where the children have gone off to contact to live with the other parent for two weeks or whatever it is. At the end of the two weeks, the other parent says, um, you know, number one child um, has been coughing, sneezing, blah, blah, blah. So I'm keeping them for another fortnight. And then as we know... Um, If anybody else in the family gets it, you all still have to stay in. So for somebody who has perhaps previously had their children not return to them after a weekend away or a holiday even, to be going through that process again will be mentally very, very draining. Very much so. Yeah, I can imagine. Sadly, 
if you're in that position, the police will say it's a civil matter because they can't do anything about child contact matters. The only time they can do anything about them is if there is proof that the child is in danger. The only advice I can give there really is not or try not to bite because that's what the ex wants. That perpetrator wants that person to continue to be subservient and to do as they're told. And control, control. Yes. Yeah. And it's all about power and control. And power and control is is everything in terms of domestic abuse. Of course. Very powerful, very powerful, you know, all this advice you're giving is very, very powerful. It's so, so needed right now. Um, We're going to move on to a very sensitive subject. Um, Right now, you know, online, as you you know, we discussed before, you know, CFP figures are showing that there's 300,000, you know, online predators being monitored Mm -hmm. right now. Um, These are not on the dark web. These are just online predators right now the figures have skyrocketed since people have been in isolation um and i know this is something that you've written articles on on your um on your website through your organization trying to raise awareness about this um you know um jackie even goes in as a decoy child at times uh to you know in these places to to help children honestly um, she's frontline, really on the front line of all of this um, in terms of domestic abuse, uh, the online abuse of children. I've known that you've gone as a decoy child mm-hmm. um, on there online. And I know that you are so, so vigilant about this. And I wanted you to touch on that as well in this um in this episode of this podcast, I wanted you to touch on that. Um, mm. Whatever information you can you can give out and what people need to watch out for, because not every child living in a house is protected, as you can hear from what you know. Jackie's saying, if there's domestic abuse already, there's no protection. Mm. Things further can go on. You know, mm. children can be neglected, um, and and they're online. They're surfing online. Mm-hmm. So you know, I wanted you to touch on this subject, and I'll just let you go with it, Jackie. Yeah. I did an article, um, I wrote an article um, concerning online abuse um, and I never write about anything that I haven't researched properly. And um, a student at one of my schools told me to go onto a particular app which is not running anymore, Um, but it was at the time. Um, I signed in as a guest and I deliberately picked a name that I knew would attract certain types of people. You were supposed to be 13 to go on this thing, but there were no checks whatsoever. I just went in as a guest and it asked me for a guest name. So I deliberately went on as Missy 12. If you read the article on my website, it will tell you how many minutes it took for almost that name itself to act like a magnet. 
for people. Now, I am highly trained. There is nothing that anybody could say to me about domestic and sexual violence that would make my stomach turn because I've heard it all. The one thing that will make my stomach turn is the thought of children being snared into relationships with people like those that were drawn like a magnet to my name, my screen name. I could actually only stand that for 30 minutes. I'm a professional. Like I say, I'm highly trained. I have really, really good supervision. And actually, it took two sessions of supervision for me to be able to get what was said out out of my head. Wow. Yeah. It was awful. It was really, really awful. And since then, we've got hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, The moment, one of the worst is TikTok. TikTok is... TikTok? TikTok, yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah. It is classed by CEOP and all the other NSPCC, everybody, as one of the worst. One of the worst. This is one of the most popular apps being used right now by everybody on social media. Yes. And it's being used, wow. Yeah, young people are supposed to be 13 years of age to do it, to be on there, but parents can sign them up. But I think what what people don't realise until they've actually, for argument's sake, spoken to these people is that they will befriend children really, really easily. Now, I'll give you an example between the virtual world and the real world, okay? If anybody listening went out on a first date with somebody and you settled down at the table with a drink and they said, do you know what? Within two weeks, I'll have moved into your house. I'd have taken away your bank card. You won't be able to think for yourself. You will do as I tell you. You'll wear what I say and you'll only speak to people that I want you to speak to you wouldn't stay and finish your drink let alone go on a second date no you wouldn't exactly now in the virtual world Tash you have the same sort of people they're going to go online And they are going to be Mr. Nice Guy. The same as in the real world, for the first time you go on a date, the second time, third date, you are going to see Mr. Charm personified. Mm. Online, they'll say, somebody will say, hi, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And a child will say, oh, I'm upset today. Why are you upset? Um, because I've fallen out with my friend. Well, don't worry about that. I'll be your friend. Tapping into the vulnerability, wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. And from then, um, 
they it could be a lot of the time these young people they're looking for compliments companionship they've fallen out with friends stuff's going on at home and they need an outlet okay they think that these people are really they think they're 12 13 sometimes younger they're not these are grown men and women women do it too like yes. do we women do it too but the vast majority are men that perpetrate these types of crime wow and yeah so my advice to parents when i talk to parents is always the same if you notice your child suddenly has excess money to spend um presents probably not so much now because parents are home and anything that gets delivered they probably know about it but there are other ways to get presents to people without parents knowing the virtual world allows a lot of things oh absolutely there's a young man by the name of breck badenar parents would like to google him and i will give you a warning it's it's horrible stuff. That young man died 200 yards from where I worked in Thurrock. Wow. And his mum had realised that he was being groomed. She took every single precaution that she possibly could. She got rid of Wi-Fi. There wasn't a phone, a tablet or anything in that house. But the perpetrator couriered a brand spanking new phone to the child's home. And the mother didn't know about it. He got couriered so as soon yeah. as possible. Yes. Yeah. And then he died. Once the perpetrator had, uh, had realised that the parents were onto him, he took a completely different tack. He did the... Don't they, they don't care about you. It's only me that cares about you. Um, they're only there to make your life misery. And really fed into the, the young man's insecurities. And he died a very, very painful, very needless death. And the whole thing until his death was conducted online. It was all online. Yes. Until his death, everything was done online or by phone. Yes. Wow. They don't even need to get to your children. So even now in isolation, the virtual mm -hmm. world is very powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't need to be physically there. No, no, exactly. And like I say, one of... One of the worst jobs that I do is research because there are times I could cry. You know, with, with isolation right now, you know, most families have been quarantining for weeks and weeks alone together. And what is now happening is people, I think I've heard some families are having a system where, you know, do you spend time in the lounge or, you know, the bedroom, whatever it is. And 
people are becoming even more and more isolated from each other. I think mm. people are, sometimes people are fed up of doing activities together, mm. um, of watching the TV together. So people are probably uh, retreating to their own bedrooms a lot, mm. you know, and this is where it, this all comes in, you know, just not to just leave the children and say, oh, well, you know, we're in isolation. They're occupied with the iPad. They're occupied mm. with their phone. Mm. Check that regularly because your child mm. is communicating with other humans on the phone, on the iPad, on the laptop. Mm. There are other people out there who they can communicate with. You know, you're not the only people in the house. Mm. So, you know, be vigilant. Just be very, very vigilant because you never know. It can start in isolation and it can end somewhere else. There's life after this isolation. Mm. Exactly. And there has to be. And the thing is, we all need to be vigilant, every single one of us. The youngest recorded person, I say person because I don't want to identify, although you can if you Google it, but I don't wish to. Um, The youngest person identified as having sent what is classed as an intimate picture was five years old. Yeah, five years old. And that's recorded. You know, you can absolutely bet that that there are more than those. They they are. They are. Um, but those are only the ones that, that come to light. So so these three hundred predators, this is all just an addition as to since we started isolation, these 300,000 predators. Yeah. yeah. They have become known. It's gone up to 300,000. And to be honest with you, if I go by my time on on that um, app that was um, recommended to me by a student, if I go by that, um, any online predator have been rubbing their hands together now. I can just imagine. Because, it, you know, kids are going to be bored. So one of the things Very that bored. might be happening is the children might be falling asleep during the day. Then they're awake at night. At night, yes. Yeah. yeah. But then there's no there's no set pattern to it. Predators don't don't care whether it's morning, noon, night. They don't care because there's always something. There are people at home right now dying for some interaction with somebody because it's not mm. every family that chat and and get on with each other and laugh all day every day. You know, there exactly. are people. There are generally some people who, um, some children who going to school is their lifeline. Mm-hmm. It is the only way where they get, um, you know, any type of attention or conversation or any type of kindness. It's the only place they get a warm meal, mm-hmm. you know. So um, l- let's not all think we're all isolating in these beautiful, huggy, huggy, warm mm-hmm. um, situations. Not everybody not in, is not in that situation. Not everybody's experiencing that. So some children are really, really vulnerable because they are literally looking for some type of interaction or to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it will not be you if you don't check on your child. It would not mm-hmm. be... Uh, somebody that you know, their friend down the road or their friend from school, it could be a predator online. Mm, Absolutely. And that is one of the reasons that the government took the unprecedented decision 
to keep schools open for vulnerable children. Right. To make sure that we we still have a an idea, as it were, um, about what might be going home going on at home. Home, yes. I mean, now it would actually be part of the Easter holidays, um, but um, the schools are still open. Some schools for, for, are still for, open. Yes. For vulnerable children. For I never knew that. I never knew look, that. Look after those children. Although I'm no longer in school because I can't do face to face um, counselling, um, but I keep in touch by phone. We have a check in. Right. And and how are you, how are your kids doing? They're actually doing they're doing really really well, really well. Um, other school counsellors that I speak to, they inform me that um, it's years eleven and thirteen um, that we really need to worry about because they're the ones that have had their exams cancelled. Yes. Um, and but also, um, I've been saying that we need also um, to think about those children who are going up to senior school this year because they may not go back till September. So to go yeah. from primary, to be there one day and be told in three days' time your school is closing, to then go into lockdown, to then go to a, a new school, new people, new regime, they're going to yeah. be vulnerable. That's a lot. That's a mm. lot. Yes, it's a lot of change. And, and you know, they're becoming adolescents. They're becoming independent. Yeah. It's very interesting. I remember when we spoke um, before, you told me that you do this wonderful exercise with your students of, of a knot. Um, yeah. I think I think the reason why I'm bringing it up, I think it can be used everywhere with people right now at home, mm -hmm. everywhere you are. I think it can be used and it will actually help people. You mm -hmm. know, um, I really want you to mention that. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful tool that you use and just give some background on it. Yes, it's um, what I call knot therapy. Um, and it, I believe it's so good that I actually have patent on it. And it's basically wow. Yes, <laughs> yes. I I used to ask my students to imagine their lives as a ball of string, or my clients, those that have come out of abusive relationships, imagine it as a as your life as a ball of string. And now where this string starts, right in the middle, is where we're born, and things that happen in our lives become knots. So if from a young age you've had a secure attachment with your birth family or a foster family or, or whoever, providing you've had a secure attachment, um, then you may only have little knots that will be milestones. Um, they used to say that up until 
at the age of three, um, children wouldn't remember very much. Um, they now know that nothing could be further from the truth. So what I do with my clients and my students is that when they remember something that might have been traumatic, it could be a death of somebody, um, then that's a big fat knot. So what we need to do is we need to try and undo those knots because what happens is the reason they're knots is because when our brains process thoughts, if they're good thoughts and good memories, they'll go into what I call the virtual filing cabinet at the front mm -hmm. of our brain, and they mm -hmm. go in chronological order. So say for argument's sake, if somebody said to me, Jack, tell me about the day you graduated as a counsellor, I could tell you what I wore, what time I got there, what time I had my picture taken, what time I was on the stage, who was there. It's because it's all it's it's in a memory. It's there. It's chronological. But if somebody were to ask me about something really bad, um, say for argument's sake, somebody threatening my life, um, I wasn't able to process that um, when it actually happened. Right. So that became a big knot in my life and it was like undoing the knots. So I do this with my students and my clients and we have a piece of string and things that happen, we put knots in them. Things that have happened to them that have been traumatic, we put knots. And the bigger the knot, the bigger the issue and the longer we work on it. I'm a person-centered yeah. therapist which means that um, unlike, say, IAPT work with the NHS, my work is open-ended um, because quite often in the six sessions that you get with IAPT, you, it's, very, it's almost impossible, Tash, to open up a can of worms and then think that you can put that all back nicely in six weeks. It's not going to happen. It's not, no. yes. Um, and that's why being a trauma-informed therapist um, is really, really important to me. Because when people... I'll give you, I'll give you an example. This is a completely made-up example. Mm -hmm. um, particularly now as we are dealing with death, like in the world at the moment, okay? So... Same for argument's sake, you've got a child of six, okay, who estranged from parents because of family difficulties, okay? They're already going to have an attachment issue because they've been removed from what is usual to them, okay? Yes. It's normal. So they're, they're going to have attachment issues. Because of COVID, one of the parents who, for whatever reason, couldn't cope with the children, sadly dies. Now, wow. that child, under normal circumstances, would have to cope with a death anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we're not talking about normal circumstances. We're talking about a child who's 
been removed, see parents once, twice, three times a week um, normally. Probably won't be doing that during COVID, but they would normally do that three times a week. And then suddenly that can't happen anymore, so they feel even more abandoned. And then they find out that one of their parents is then dead. Unless that is explored in great depth with one of the specialist grief charities that exist for children who've experienced death. Um, it could possibly lead to what is called complicated grief. Yeah. Because grief yeah. is hard enough to deal with anyway, but when you're feeling um, abandoned, not good enough, That that's going to have a lot of um it's going to a have lot of, massive yeah, a lot of effects. Yeah, massive effects. Yeah. It can actually become a disorder, can't it? Uh the the the, the complicated grief thing can become yeah. a disorder that completely takes over people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you can imagine children that are in the care system for whatever reason, um yeah. Getting used to the fact that they can't necessarily live with mum and dad right now. Um, they already think that it's their fault. The same as when it comes to divorce, children will think it's their fault. Exactly, yes. You know, domestic abuse, children will think it's their fault. Um, and all those things. And it's the same, 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 same sort of thing. You know, we are going to have a lot of complicated grief, and that is with people that have died or families that have separated because of COVID or all those different manner of things that, you know, people don't like to think about. We don't like to talk about it. Yes, yes, you're right, you know, but we have to, we have to talk about these things, you know, mm. because they are happening and they are going to happen. We have to discuss them. Mm, absolutely yes absolutely you are wonderful the, the the you know you've given so much knowledge and insight and advice and i mean the experience shows in you know when you talk when you speak it's 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 amazing i'm so honored to have you as a guest today and if you have any closing words you would want to say please feel free any um anything you'd like to say or direct people to please um you know go in straight okay thank you um well thank you very much for allowing me to tell people that they aren't alone if they're afraid there are people that can help there are the ones that you're going to put up um after the post is finished um all those People, But if you are in a position where you aren't able to phone somebody and ask for help or just to get advice, okay, then please look at my website and there's an inquiry box. If you put the words, do you do CBT in that box? I will know that you need help. 
Amazing. And 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 guys, Jackie's website is sweetwaystostopabuse.org.uk. And if you need to email her, it's um, the, the but when you go onto the website, her email is on there. You can email straight away, and also what she's uh, the directions she's giving you. If you need immediate help, she can definitely help. She deals with mental health, domestic abuse, and child protection. Um, so you will be contacting a professional who can help you um, and knows what they're doing. Do not be afraid to seek for help. I've really enjoyed recording this um, and I hope that we will have you again, Jackie. Will we have you back on here oh, again? Absolutely. Um, you know me, I can talk about DV till the cows come home, as they say. Yes. Um, <laughs> Because it's something that has to be out there. It has to be recognised for what it is, which is a very, very pernicious pastime. You know, I would love to think that, you know, in a decade or so, we would be in a position where um, we can say, oh, we've eradicated abuse. Um, But it's not going to happen. So what we have to do is we have to try and prevent it and work with what we have. Definitely. And with having people like you, you know, you're not working from some big budget or some no. huge funding that you get. No. I mean, I know they knock you back so many times for funding and mm. you just keep going and you're not working from a point of, you know, there's all these huge amounts of money you're making. It's not out of that. It's literally out of wanting to help people. And, um, you know, with having people like you, soldiers on foot, soldiers on the ground, this is how awareness and help is is, is being given to people, you know. Mm-hmm. And we really, really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, I've known you for a very, very long time. You are like, uh, you know, one of the closest people that I have in my life. And um, I'm just so glad that, you know, we can bring your amazing skills and put them out there at a time like this where humanity needs this information you know this is mm. not just happening in the UK you know domestic abuse is happening worldwide Absolutely. Everywhere worldwide the numbers have gone up the numbers have gone up for some people it is a new thing in their life they did not know their partner was abusive this is something new for some people you know it's happening right now and you know, where do you go in lockdown? You can't just find a new flat. You can't just leave, yeah. you know. Um, so it's it's really, really important. I know this podcast is listened to by a lot of people in completely different countries. Um, I've been, some, you know, very shocked. Um, the, the, you know, the, 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 the people that listen in so many different countries has really surprised me. So this applies to wherever you're listening from, whatever your emergency line is, Please call that emergency line. What, what, whatever the, the the organizations that help you in the country that you are listening in, please contact those organizations. Please do that. And if you have anybody who you know who might know what Jackie does in your own country, please contact them. I'm sure they are being vigilant. Um, you know, I'm very, very sure they're being vigilant. And people are aware that people will need help in this time globally. So, you know, find a way to help um, yourself if you're listening from another country. You know, this doesn't only apply in the UK only. There are people like Jackie everywhere wanting to help, you know. So please get the help that you need, you know. And 
I'm really honored. Thank you so much, Jackie. And um, I hope that we've helped somebody or helped even a few people. I will be putting up the links after the podcast when it goes out to show you where to go. The link will be in my bio um, if you need any help, you know. So please click on those links and it will definitely direct you to where you need to seek help. And please do contact Jackie if you need to contact her. She's available to help right now. Um, and thank you so much, Jackie. Thank I will you speak very much you. again for um, giving us air time. Really, thank really you so much. Thank you so Thanks much, everybody Jackie. for listening. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. So, thank you everybody for listening to Power Sessions with Natasha. I will see you next time on the next episode. Take care.